Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Friends, family, and complete strangers, welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Clark and Bobby in the studio. We have not had the child yet. There's no complete strangers listening to this. Still, still with Bobby. Um, we know you guys. We're excited to meet this little one. Yeah, Bobby so plus you, one. Yeah, just so you know, next week what? you'll hear it. We're recording next week's podcast now as well. At that point, we will have had our baby, but I need Bobby to be here to film it today. So <laughs> when you watch next week's... Oh, just so we, we can keep giving fire. you guys content. Oh, so that way we... Yeah, so That's then right. what'll be really fun, you guys, though, is then while I'm away... Clark is going to have just people on staff and then also from the congregation hop on and talk about the scripture too on the podcast. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm working on those the plans and preparations <laughs> for that right now. There will be sometimes you're stuck with just me, oh, but I'm oh, hoping oh. to have other people hop on the podcast too. It'll yeah, be fun. it so will. We're doing that. What's cool about this podcast mm. and the number of podcasts we'll be making the next while is they're in the book of Genesis. Super cool. Uh, for this one in particular, you're going to hear some common themes from what I preached about just yesterday on Sunday mm. to what we're breaking down in Genesis 2. So yesterday I preached on marriage and the four okay. purposes of it comes from Genesis 1 and 2. Mm. And when we look at Genesis 2, again, some of those themes creep up and we talk about them today. Yeah. Looking forward, we'll obviously be in the book of Genesis reading for the next month or so, a little mm -hmm, more than that, mm -hmm. which is really good because you got to have a balance of New Testament, Old Testament. All the scriptures point to Christ. All of them are useful for teaching, correcting, training, rebuking, and righteousness. And so we got to read the Old Testament. And Genesis is awesome. There are some hairy chapters in it and trying to work through some of these things. <laughs> but if we do it together, we read in community, yes. we're able to ask the hard questions. It's only going to be helpful and a good gift. Mm. And then... When what? the Christian sexuality series is done, we're going to do a sermon series through the book of Genesis. Yes, yes. I'm really excited about that. So what does it mean? Blessed to be a blessing. And we're going to look at the characters of Abraham and Isaac and mm -hmm. Jacob, Joseph, Tamar, and Judah, and then we'll be at Easter. Oh my, I'm not there yet. Crazy. <laughs> I'm Crazy. here. <laughs> All right. Genesis 2, let's break it down. Well... You know, initially we just wanted to talk about how there is so much in Genesis, in chapter one, two, three, to talk about. And it's important and we want to do that. We want to ask questions, but we're not going to be able to do that in 20 minutes with you guys. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, like you said, just some specific themes mm -hmm. that kind of popped out, what stuck out to us a little bit. But one of the first questions that a lot of folks might be asking, or it, even if you just are flipping through reading it with us, is, wait a second, why are we kind of hearing the same? thing twice a little bit because mm -hmm. you hear you know God create in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and you read all of that in chapter one but then you kind of start chapter two which is where we're at today and it sounds the same mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's not the same it's a little different and so one of the things we wanted to make sure to talk about was that there is such significance in understanding these different writing styles that there's and you can jump in here, Clark, whenever you want. But how there's chapter two, which is where we'll spend a lot of our time today, is so much more um, intimate and poetic yeah. kind of language than chapter one, which is just really, it's actually rhythmic and systematic. And you know, there's super intentional purpose there yeah, too. Different two writing styles and mm -hmm. also two different purposes for writing. So like you yes. said, Genesis one, cosmic level, God's power. He yes. speaks 
things are created. He commands stuff's created. Um, mm-hmm. Genesis two is really a zoom in from the 10,000 foot view to the, the hands-on mm-hmm. level yeah. of getting to know what's happening in the garden of Eden mm-hmm. and what's mm-hmm. this relationship between Adam and God like and Adam to creation and then Adam to Eve and Adam and Eve to God. It's, it's, mm. it's a, it's a micro study where Genesis one is like a macro. It's just boom, there's stars, yeah. boom, there's shrubs, boom, there's an ocean kind of thing. So both so helpful to have. Yeah. You, so you it's need a gift it. to have it. You need yeah. it. And you learn a lot about God in both chapters. Mm-hmm. And so today we're looking at Genesis two and the intimacy of God. Yeah. One of the things that, so Clark talked about how in chapter one, you read about how, I mean, I can read specifically, you, you heard it all over and it, really that's intentional too. Like the repetition, you know, let there be, and there was, let there be, and there was, let there be. And there's these commands that God's essentially just speaking and it's happening. And um, what's cool about that is that it's, it's uh, some scholars think that's even kind of like, um, like a song. Mm-hmm. Like how, like literally there's a rhythm to life that you're supposed to live. And so that makes sense when we get to Sabbath also that like, oh, that's intentional. There's rhythm. And so anyway, just such unique purpose, but very different and contrasting when you get to chapter two, because chapter two, we read um, how specifically when God formed Adam. So this is verse seven. Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. Oh, shoot. I skipped ahead too far. Anyway, so I'll just focus on that for now. But when you hear those things, so you hear and you understand like, let there be, and there was, so there's this command. And then there's so much more intimacy when God's forming Adam, really like the climax of creation where he touches, you know, gathers the dust and he breathes the breath of life. And then Mm -hmm. even before there, when God, a triune God says, let us make, and that's the distinction is chapter one, we have command, command, command. And then chapter two, we have, first of all, an identity, let us, like, who is us? You know, father, son, Holy spirit, let us make. And so it's not just this distinct, like, let us command. Real quick, just to clarify what the let us make is in Genesis one as well. You're Sorry, good. guys. I don't want You're to good. confuse you. And you read the you read the right verse. Oh. We're gonna call it pregnancy brain right now, because when you read verse seven, depending on your translation, we just got a new Bible. That's what she's reading out of right now. Oh. But when you read chapter two, verse seven, it does have that intimate God making yes. and creating. Okay. Which is the point you're making. So verse seven, the Lord God formed a man from mm-hmm. the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So exactly what Bobby Jean saying okay. is right. Where chapter one, God is still, tri- he's triune, one God, three persons. Yes. Speaking Adam into being, or creating Adam into being, the intimacy, the closeness, the, the detail. And that's different from, again, the first chapter translating into the second chapter mm-hmm. because mankind is the climax of God's creation. Yeah. You are, you're made in the image of God. And that is different. God relates to zebras and tortoises mm-hmm. different than the way he relates to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible news. And like Bobby said, God made you to relate to other people. Just as when he made Adam, and he looked at him and he's like, it's not good that Adam's alone because Adam and a zebra doesn't, doesn't make life. And Adam and a tortoise doesn't make life or whatever. Yeah. He needs someone from his side, which we're going to unpack in just a little bit. Someone mm-hmm. that's like him, but different. And yeah. it becomes a good gift. So you're made in the image of God. 
I think that's, I mean, even just that statement alone, that's one of the reasons why I was wanting to talk about this is like made in God's image. Like, why is that so significant? Why is that like such a big deal? Like why we talked about that with just some of the racial conversations we've had over the last couple of years. Like what, what does it mean that humans are image bearers of God? And one of the big distinctions is when you just look at Genesis um, one again, I guess, if we're looking back Mm -hmm. that when in verse 26, then God said, let us make humans in our image. Before that, when you read about the birds of the air and when you read about the fish, um, the command there is that they're making them according to their own kind. So really, yes, Mm -hmm. creation is marked because of the creator, but there's a distinction because they didn't say, let us make fish in our own image. Yeah. Let us make birds in our own image. For no, sure. they said, let us make mankind in after us with us as the model and them in mind. And so that's one of the things we just kind of wanted to mark, like march through really significant reminders about why being made in the image of God is a big deal mm-hmm. and why that is a distinguishing For thing. For sure. And so we have to uphold human life from mm-hmm. the womb at the point of conception mm-hmm. all the way to the tomb, from the womb to the tomb. Yeah. Every human being has sacred uh, purpose and belonging because they were made in the image of God. Yes. So the way we think about other people, the way we look at other people, the way we speak and treat other people Mm. is huge because they are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Imagine walking up to, I don't know, the richest person that you can think of or some famous person. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. If you're a sports fan, Odell Beckham Jr., Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald. So you walk up to their Ferrari and you just smash their window. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're crazy. And they're going to come, they're going to be so mad at you. <laughs> Think about God's prized possession mm. and even more so like what he cares about the most, not so much a possession, but his, his greatest love. His love. Yeah. And that's people. And so the way we treat other people is really important. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2 saying we were made in God's image. Um, and really, this. So I guess my heart in this though is like not is understanding that at this point, like man has done nothing for God. No, yeah, like zero. It's literally just God imprinting this this dignity, this sacredness, this significance on them from the very beginning, from creation, saying, yeah. "The reason you are important, the reason you have these things, is because I have given them to you." And one of the stories that comes to my mind right now mm. was actually from. Um, one, a family member of ours who, you know, when you, sometimes when you talk to folks, you can just tell what's important because, you know, their job is priority and they, or maybe they're not married and that's what they spend a lot of time doing. And well, this person had gotten married and, um, recently had had a, a baby and it was just amazing because all of a sudden there was this shift from like, I'm not really talking about my job as much. I'm not really, um, even talking about my spouse as much. Like all I'm talking about right now is this baby. And that the reason is because it's like when you hear anybody else talking about their kids, you're like, oh, great. Yeah, your kid can count to 10. Awesome. Or, oh, great. Like, (laughs) you know, God bless you. Like, we care about you. But when like it was his baby. And do you remember this? And it was like the most amazing, like this baby hasn't done anything. All they're doing is pooping in their diaper and eating. But like, they blink. all I want to do is talk about this baby. They rolled over kind of. And so literally it's. It was just reminding me, Holy Spirit's reminding me of that because it's the same thing with Yahweh where he's just like, I delight in you, want relationship with you. Yeah. I delight in you. And it's because of that, that mm-hmm. you're significant. 
Yeah. It's amazing. And in you, your significance and value and purpose can only be experienced when you are in alignment with God. Otherwise, there will always be a hole or a void within us. And we're trying to find purpose, Mm -hmm. uh, our destiny. I'm trying to think what other words I'm hearing from people lately. Sure. Um, And we're trying to fill them with other relationships, with other, you know, status, relational statuses or amounts of money. And anytime mm. that occurs, like that shape in our, in, the, in our heart is yeah. the shape that only God can fill. It's like trying yeah. to shove a triangle through a circle hole. It's not working. Mm. Only God can fill that hole. And when we realize we're made in the image of God and, and we are made for relationship with mm-hmm. God and other people, and we follow the way of Jesus, you experience belonging mm. and purpose and a heightened sense of, love and hope, all those things that it just comes from God's very being, Mm. which is an incredible, incredible gift. Mm -hmm. So when you are looking now specifically at Genesis two, at the the creation account, God creates Adam, but he, he knows his plan is not fully completed yet because he (laughs) created Adam to be a relational being and Adam's not able to relate to the animals. He can't talk Mm -hmm, to them. mm -hmm. He can't, you know, procreate with them. Um, God made Adam to be a relator and he goes, okay, we need to make someone else like him. But also the, the the mandate and the blessing that God eventually gives to rule and subdue all that God created and also to fill the earth and then again subdue it. Like Adam needs a helper. And so if you go to Genesis mm. 2 verse 18, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Mm. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. He gave names to all the animals. But then Adam had no suitable helper. So the Lord caused the man to go into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. The Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She'll be called woman for she was taken out of man. And so it's important Mm -hmm. there that um, you don't think... Eve as less than or secondary to Adam is not even translated rib in Hebrew. It's like Adam's side. And the image that the biblical author wants us to get is that she was she comes from Adam's side and they stand shoulder to shoulder. They stand next to each other. They're co-heirs. They're, they're not um, subordinate to one another. They're to be equals, hmm. fulfilling the mission that God has called humanity to partner with him in. Right. And... It's really good. So when it says he created a helper for him, that word is Ezer and doesn't mean less than or employee or whatever. It's equal. God even uses that word for himself yeah. throughout the Psalms where he says, I am an Ezer to Israel. Hmm. Not so much in this case that he's an equal, but he's the one that's going to help them succeed. They wouldn't be able to do it victory. otherwise. They, they couldn't do it. Yeah, yes. that's a better said. They couldn't do it by themselves. They needed a helper. Hmm. And that's what God did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 are so pivotal, like you opened up with, to the trajectory of the rest of the story, mm-hmm. which is why, again, Paul and Jesus so often go back to the creation account to make their point. Yeah. And then Genesis 3, tomorrow we'll read sin, <laughs> hits the fan, 
But even that, like we need to have a, we need to have understanding that like God's heart from the beginning, like we're talking about right now, like is for intimacy, Mm -hmm. it's for relationship. And so sometimes, you know, whether it's from Sunday school or something you heard on YouTube or a book that you read or whatever, sometimes we get these images that really aren't that helpful of what happened in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And then we hold on to them as we read throughout scripture or as we just age and mature. Um, So it's important to get these first few chapters just grounded in truth in our minds and in our hearts so that as we move forward, then we have an understanding that, no, God, we know who the you know true creator is and we know his heart for us and it's one for intimacy and relationship. So. so thank you for starting the podcast with us on the book of Genesis. We're excited for the next month or so uh, reading this book, preaching it on Sunday and studying it with you. And I guess you'll see Bobby next week, Monday. Because I'm recording it now. But we're just recording it now. <laughs> and, but we will actually have our baby at that point. Yeah. So pray for us, all right, when you watch this. God bless you. Have a great week. bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.